0: Welcome to Unexpecting, a podcast brought to you by Chana, the leading fertility support organization for Jewish people in the UK. I'm Dr. Romy Shulman, the clinical lead at Chana. And I'm Shimon Schwab, a psychotherapist at Chana. Over the course of this podcast, we'll be talking to experts, couples, and religious leaders about the multi layered challenges people face on their fertility journey. We offer practical, emotional, and financial support to those couples on the sometimes complex paths towards parenthood. Head over to ghana.org.uk for more information. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Unexpecting, a podcast brought to you by Hanna. Today we are going to be looking at the area of secondary infertility. The reason that we've chosen to focus on this today is that secondary infertility is an area of infertility that perhaps gets less focus and often comes as, as unexpected and as a shock to couples who have already conceived and had perhaps more than one child and who find that they are suddenly struggling to conceive when they are trying to uh, expand their family. There is a common misunderstanding that it's not possible to struggle to conceive after you've already had children um, and I think that this is part of 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 the shock and confusion that that couples are faced with. This also includes couples who have struggled already to conceive a first uh, a first time and who have already had treatment and will now need to to go on to have fertility treatment or medical intervention to have further children. So today, I'm joined by Gilla Hackenbrach, who is one of Hannah's couple psychotherapists. She's trained as a systemic family and couples therapist, and uh, plays a very important role in our Chana team. And Gila is going to talk to us a little bit about uh, the the challenges of secondary infertility in in relation to her work with our Chana couples. Uh, Gila, welcome, and thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you for inviting me to have this public conversation with you. I'm looking forward to see where it takes us tonight. Me too.
0: Um, Gilla, if we can just start, if you want to start by giving us a little bit of background about your, your professional background and your work at Chana.
1: So, I, I've been working with Chana for about four years now. And I, I have to start with saying that I'm constantly so amazed and impressed with the work that, that you do. And I think what touches me most about this charity, about Chana, is that every single couple or client. We'll get a bespoke package of care, which is thought of them and created for them in a way that's befitting for their specific needs and I watch that you do this with every client that you match up with me and I, I have to use the same word again I'm just always amazed at the custom care that you manage to create and and I'm sure I, I'm sure that the couples you support feel that special touch of yours and no doubt that it helps them on a challenging and often very, very painful and lonely journey. So to answer your question now, I'm a a trained family and couple psychotherapist. I've done both a master's in Israel and then having done another one in the same area here in the UK. And when you ask me how I work specifically with the couples, I'm reflecting that in the same way that Hannah is able to customize the support they offer depending on the need of the couples. I think so too. Our work here at HANA as psychotherapists and support workers is also very bespoke, and we will find a specific way of engaging with and supporting couples on their fertility journey according to their current needs. And I'm also not sure if people, I just want to quickly add that in, if people listening to us tonight and whenever they're listening to this podcast, Aware that at Chana we are also able to continue supporting a couple also during and post pregnancy when often they are still very much needing the support as they are embarking on on these new chapters of their journey together.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you for for giving us a better understanding of of your background and and how you practice. And and of course, thank you so much for highlighting one of the aspects of Chana that we really do value, and of course, that you are very important part of is that we, we do really try our best to, to give a bespoke package of care. And uh, one of the reasons why we, we are showcasing our different therapists and the, our different ways of working is because we do try to offer so many different ways of, of working in different types of therapy so that we can really try to, to best suit all our clients' needs. So thank you for that. And thank you for being a valued member of our team. So, As we mentioned before, today we we want to focus on secondary infertility, and the reason why we've chosen to to focus a whole episode, a whole podcast episode on this area, is because it is often an area of infertility that gets overlooked. I think when when, when somebody hears the word infertility, the the immediate image that's conjured up is a couple who who don't have any children. Um, However... There is also a large cohort of couples who do have one or perhaps more children who then want to have another child and expand their family, and they find very unexpectedly that they are not able to do this. Um, So these are the couples that we want to focus on tonight and, and to just give a bit of space and thought to some of the specific challenges that these couples face. So shall we just start explaining what secondary infertility actually is and and how common it is
1: yeah and absolutely and i wonder if you'll be as i guess you won't but as surprised as as i was just doing a bit of research around around the, the how common secondary infertility is and because as you say it is often a challenge that is completely overlooked and not spoken about much at all and I was kind of blown away that there is so much mention in in various different research articles that the number they mention is one in seven couples experiencing infertility or fertility issues. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the research came up with the same number for secondary infertility. So that was quite daunting, daunting numbers. And when you asked about what types of, of secondary infertility we encounter in, in the work with at Khanna and, and beyond is, so what's more common is that there's maybe certain male or female medical issues, you know, in the reproductive um, areas, which often couples will be made aware of in, in the initial um, journey of, of fertility. And they will also have to do the work that around future pregnancies that often they will have to go through this journey again so there's a lot of work even initially for any future hopes of, of bringing more children into the world So you're saying like something might
0: come up in initial pregnancy something that that will that they will discover during a first pregnancy that will highlight that this is a problem that either one or both of the couple have, and this is something that's going to impact any, any future children they might want to have, any future pregnancies. Correct,
1: mm-hmm. Correct. but absolutely. But more often, um, I, I've been working with couples that had, had little or or nearly no issues getting pregnant the first time. And suddenly we'll face the journey of of infertility treatment when it comes to having a second or or subsequent child due to either a new medical condition discovered after the birth of the first child, which could include genetic factors, pre-existing or newly diagnosed mental health issues, and and a myriad of of other issues that come up. Which, which is another layer of complexity for, for the couples mm-hmm. and the families.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I guess, uh, you know, when when we hear the word infertility, the, the, the immediate thoughts are that uh, either one or both partners in the couple actually cannot conceive or cannot fall pregnant. But actually, fertility is really about a lot more than that. It's also about couples who can maybe fall pregnant and conceive, but then it's also about... Being able to carry that baby to term and not miscarrying that child, and sometimes you know, it, it's also about having a giving birth to a healthy baby in the end, which is you know you've touched on genetic issues and and things around that.
1: So so many layers, yes, so many layers, and so much um, unknown and, and loneliness on this journey. Yes, yes, um, I. Before we
0: we we move more on to that, because I really would like to talk more about this aspect of loneliness and, and what you've raised now, the emotional side of things. Um, I do also want to just add a little bit about the male factor in secondary infertility, because we do find actually that this is something that often gets overlooked. It, it, it sometimes can get overlooked also in the primary fertility area, which I'll just explain as primary fertility refers to couples who have no children struggling to conceive the first. Um, but it's, it seems to, be to, to come up fairly often that if a couple have had one or two children, that the response is, well, they've had one or two children, so it must be that there isn't a problem with the sperm. Whereas actually, um, sperm does renew every three months around about every three months which which can be a really positive thing. so for someone who does have a problem a male factor fertility problem with their sperm, this means that there is an opportunity actually to do something to um, change the condition of the sperm and improve it and 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 give a chance to to recover from that. Um, mm-hmm. but it also means that it is possible to to have one or two or three children absolutely fine. But but there are reasons where actually the condition of the sperm can change, um, and this is something that, that sometimes gets overlooked. Is this something that you have found come up in your work also?
1: Absolutely, and, and I, I think I will touch back on to the first point of when, specifically when there is already one or, or more children, where there is kind of a, you know, a, a reaction of also the medical professions. Just go home and everything's fine and just kind of, brushing it away like there's nothing wrong. And, and the point that you bring up with the change, you know, the developmental journey of, of the bodies and, and the reproduction organs. And I think it's important to mention at this, at this point where at Chana we do have a medical panel and that liaises with a rabbinical panel where there's the whole gamut of information for couples um, going through this and they do not need to go through this on their own. We are here to help support them mm-hmm. in any way that they would like that
0: and I, I you know to go back to the this element that you raised before the emotional side of things I think you know from us when we, we work with these couples on a daily basis we can see that this is an area this is a group of, of people that perhaps sometimes fall through the cracks maybe in terms of empathy or inter- or, or perhaps they feel that there isn't much of a space for them to actually express their struggles and express their sadness because they do have a child or children. So can, can you give us your view from, you know, from working with couples and families on why it is important for, for these couples to have this space and for us to, to highlight that
1: this is an area of infertility that does deserve a voice. Right. So reflecting specifically on secondary infertility, what immediately springs to mind for me is the worry of not being able to have another child. Because knowing the pleasure and the completion of a family that a child brings, that knowing often is, is the most crucial core of, of the pain when, when it's not happening again. And that that pain, that longing, that desire a second time round feels nearly more painful because the couple knows what they're being deprived of. And yet, on the other hand, just to add more layers of complexity, then, then they are faced with feelings of, of guilt and nearly greed of, we already have a child, or we already have two children. And can you just imagine the cycle of, of of what they're going through internally on, on the journey of what seems to come so easily and so naturally to everybody around them. There's also less support. From a challenge where there's often not enough support the first time round. there's going to be even less support the second time round because as I, we mentioned before with the medical profession, kind of you have one already. Like what's the big deal really? So it's a, there's a very painful emotional dance attached to the harrowing journey of the journey of, of infertility and all of that which it entails. And here at Chana, we can offer a space which is not judgmental and where the couple can show up fully and we will be able to hold their hand even if we can't always influence the outcome of their journey.
0: It's important to raise that the quota for the nhs is for for fertility treatment on the nhs is for couples who do not have any children and for couples who are coming with secondary infertility there is there is just no financial support opportunity for them in the system and, and in fact even if a couple is in a second marriage where one of the couple has got a child from a previous marriage that already disqualifies them from from any NHS treatment which is very very difficult of course but also sort of sends quite a strong message that that one is enough and uh, you know this is not necessarily something that needs to be pursued I think it's really important to to raise the cultural aspect here that obviously we are we are talking from the perspective of being part of the Jewish community where having uh, a number of children even sometimes large families is culturally very important do you want to do you want to add anything anything about that and
1: I think it's a, it's just a given of what you've said, so there's again that expectation of the, the mismatch of what's available in the medical world to the expectations within the community where you know for, for some families, having a couple of children is just starting out their family and and the couples being left holding was was not fitting in the community fully or having to answer questions that may be not meaningful and hurtful or not intentionally hurtful but being kind of positioned already outside the norm which is just another layer
0: and it adds to that loneliness and feeling of being an outsider perhaps despite having a family and i mean you mentioned earlier this element of guilt of wanting more and I think that that really relates to this issue of their feeling like um, there isn't a space where I don't know, feeling like, or perhaps there isn't actually a space. We are trying to create that space today yeah. on this podcast, and we certainly do at Chana. But there is a feeling that out there that there isn't a space for these couples to express their pain and to to have their pain acknowledged,
1: perhaps uh, to have that pain acknowledged in a non-judgmental way. Mm. That whatever they desires or they or they number of what a family might have looked like, mm-hmm. it's okay. That's their vision. That's their picture. And there's a space for them to be able to to be there fully, without being in any shape or form um, being told off for it. Mm-hmm.
0: I remember when I when I started at Chana, it was explained to me as a magic number that every couple, every individual has their magic number. And this is the number of children that they imagine in their mind that they are going to have and their hope for their family. Um, and oftentimes this, this isn't the case. It's not able to be. And even though they may have a certain number of children, the gap between what they have and this magic number that they imagined is a real loss. And there is a grieving process that happens over the loss of those hopes and expectations.
1: That's so true. I, I think of it, of the vision, the vision that couples go into, um, family life or married life, and then the, the vision of the reality that they have to face. And and who are we not to give them the space? You know, like you say, to mourn or to celebrate, whatever it is that the vision becomes for them. Yeah.
0: One factor that is specific to, to secondary infertility is that there are children in the mix and obviously when when there are children around they they are aware of 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 what's going on around them they're aware of other families and they often ask their parents when they are going to have another sibling or perhaps why they don't have another sibling and this is this is something that that I know has come up a lot uh, in counseling sessions that that I have taken and as you are a therapist that works in a systemic way and works with couples and with families. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on how to address this with, with a child?
1: Wow. So that's, that's a big loaded question and I'm not going to make it any justice or give it any justice in this forum. But um, I think again, I the, the key points is it will often depend on, on the ages and the level of understanding of the children. And, Something we also often see is that the child will often mirror the way the parent deals with with the challenge. And that's why it's so important for parents, for couples, to get the right support, to process whatever it is that they are going through and, and find ways to help them look after themselves because that will allow them to look after their children better. And once they feel that they, are, they have process those feelings, and they're in, not in an overwhelmed state, but they're in, an, in, a, in a calmer state, then they can help their children process or their child process what the child is going through, and age-appropriate conversations can happen. The main things to keep in mind, again, in a nutshell, is children should always be told age-appropriate truth. That means they don't need the whole picture. They don't need the whole story, and it's up to parents to decide how much the children need to know, but it always, always needs to be based on the truth. And in my work, I help parents formulate um, specific age and child-centered questions that can help them explore with their children, because often what children need the most is the reassurance that their parents are okay, and no matter what, (laughs) they will be there for them, and they will be able to look after them fully. And often we assume that we kind of assume the questions that the children are asking rather than, and which is my preferred method, is spending time, lots of time, and helping them work through whatever it is that they are experiencing rather than what the parent thinks the child is experiencing or maybe experiencing. So in a nutshell, investment of time, curiosity, and age-appropriate truth Will often lead to those open conversations that will be very helpful for the children for the parents for the family absolutely I, I think you've
0: put that really really well um, because I you know I think sometimes we we do project as adults what we what we think children think of a situation and we forget that really they're looking at it from their own very probably very childish and I, and I say that in not, not in a negative way but from the perspective of a child which is probably a really different view and, and a different way that we view things and exactly as you say rather than jump to respond in our way to really listen to, to, where, to where they are at and, and how they are experiencing the issue and I think we know that children are much more astute than perhaps we like to think or realise and they do pick up on, on what's going on around them. I think if parents are in an anxious state, worried about something, upset about something, even if they think they're hiding it well from their children, it's highly likely that their children are picking something up. And all they pick up, because they don't know what's going on, all they pick up is that something is wrong and pick up this anxious state. Whereas sometimes if 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 a parent gives something over, in exactly as you say in an age appropriate very contained way that that actually gives a reason you know gives a label to the anxiety and gives a reason and helps them actually to feel okay about it and and to move on with that reassurance from their from their parents exactly as you as you described
1: absolutely i couldn't agree more with you And and the piece that I would just add is that's why the work that we do at Hana with the couples is so important because it's allowing the parents to process whatever they are going through. And it's a lot. Need to remember that they're carrying so much. But by helping them and supporting them process and and helping them in all the various ways that we do at Hana will will already hopefully make them in a a more relaxed state when having those conversations with with the children.
0: Absolutely. So just moving on a little bit to the more practical side of things. Have you got any advice that you would give to a couple that has had a successful pregnancy and and birth but are finding that they're not having success now when trying to conceive again?
1: Okay. So we've we've touched a bit upon what some of these couples may encounter when they are going for medical support Mm -hmm. and they will often have been told by well-meaning people professionals around them to just wait and the same thing will happen again in the same way that it has happened before Mm -hmm. and as you mentioned Romy, the nhs will not cover secondary infertility so often these couples feel like they don't even have a choice to turn anywhere and also the financial cost can be overwhelming so, with my practical hat on, if you've been trying and nothing is happening and you know that you want another child, don't wait. Don't wait and waste precious time, especially for all the couples. Call the Hana Helpline. You are not wasting their time. You are not wasting their resources. This is why they are here. This is why we are here. And we are actually waiting for your call.
0: Mhm thank you i couldn't agree more absolutely we we are we are literally waiting there during helpline hours literally somebody waiting for the call <laughs> um i think that there is is a uh, a misunderstanding out there that we are always sort of um trying to hammer away that if if a couple have a child that kind is not for them um we we absolutely are we are here to support anybody who is struggling to conceive
1: and I think I'm going to interrupt you before you go to your next question. If you're going to the next question, Rumi, Um, you can make the call on behalf of, you know, if you have a friend, if you have a family member, if you have a colleague or someone you know, you can make that call to Khanatu too. And, and just as a first step to see what's available in terms of the support. And all calls can be fully anonymous.
0: Yes, uh, absolutely. Completely anonymous. Thank you for raising those very, very important points. Um, We know, sadly, that fertility struggles can sometimes put a strain on the marital relationship and and the equilibrium at home when there is a family. Um, So working with both partners in the room as you do, are there any pieces of advice that you would give to couples that you think could be supportive and helpful in terms of, of facing these challenges?
1: I, I think the two of us can have like uh, we can talk all the way through just over one question that you've asked. <laughs> so I'll try and make I'll try and make it, and make it uh, give it some justice your question. <laughs> but um, on a serious note, first of all, recognize that what you are going through is real, and despite going through a similar challenge, you're on the same challenge, and the, the challenge of the desire for a child you both may be experiencing the journey very, very differently. So maybe tip number one is remember you're on the same team. Make time to listen and hear each other properly, even if the truth of your partner is very different to your truth. Empathy and validation of the other goes a long, long way. Mm -hmm. If you don't have any other children yet, remember the things you enjoy doing together And make sure to make space for that regularly. I'm talking very regularly in your relationship. If you do have other children, and we're talking about the journey of secondary infertility, Mm -hmm. make sure to make time as a family to do nice things together, Mm -hmm. to build memories. This is a harrowing journey, and it's really not helped with the impact of the treatment on the body and the toll of living with long periods of uncertainty, of disappointment, with no guarantee of outcome at any point. Mm -hmm. Because of this, and despite this, remember, there are two of you on this journey. And make sure to nurture and cherish that relationship too. I will often ask couples my magic question. What if tomorrow you woke up and the issue was gone? What would we notice instead? So Romy, my wish rather than my magic question, is that what we would notice tomorrow morning, that no couple should ever, ever need our services ever again, and that no couple should feel this pain in the world. But as long as it doesn't happen, I wish you so much, Prachava Tzlacha, to be able to continue the magic support work that you offer to so many, and so quietly under the radar, with no noise, no fanfare, fanfare, Offering the support, offering the handholding, the practical advice, the financial support, and the care that you provide to all.
0: Gillam, thank you so much for that incredible blessing, which is uh, much more for, for for all the couples that we work with than than it is for us. And and absolutely, we hope very much for the same. And thank you for for praising our kind of services as you have you know as part of this team that it is um it you know, every person on the team plays plays their part and and together we work from so many different directions with with so much support medically uh, emotionally everybody on the HANA team provides such an important part that makes it all work together and 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 really gives that unique type of support that isn't really available elsewhere. It's very rare that someone would be able to get all this input from, from so many specialists in so many different directions. Um, and that, you know, Hannah really is set up with the, the, the best interests of the client at heart. And we do do our best to give them the absolute best opportunity to to reach their positive outcome and to support them all the way. Thank you very, very much for joining us on this podcast and for giving us your
1: perspective of working
0: with couples and families.
1: Absolutely. If I can just echo those last words, nobody has to go and nobody should go on this journey without the support that's so readily available. And as we mentioned before, make that phone call.
0: Yes. So if if you are if you're listening and you are struggling with any of these difficulties, please do visit our website uk. You can have a look at the services that we offer. You can also have a look at um, all of our therapists who are up there with a bit of their, their background so you can put some, some faces to the work and the idea of therapy. Um, and you can also email us through, through message us through the website if, uh, if you prefer. Thank you for listening to Unexpecting, brought to you by Chana. If you are struggling on your fertility journey, head over to chana.org.uk. And get in touch with one of our experts or call the helpline on 0208 201 5774. With Khanna, you are not alone. If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe, rate, review and share on social media. We really hope you'll join us again soon.